Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is directly across from me. And we have on the news line with us now Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. We are going to ask him for today's daily number and other lottery numbers later today because he accurately predicted the addition of 900,000 jobs in the U.S. Bob, thank you so much for calling in uh, great to be here mark uh thanks for having us uh i, I should probably mention to you that we're uh we're coming to you country covered restaurant uh, today uh where we're having our second uh of uh in-person event in the last 18 months and we're with congressman muser who is currently speaking in the eli slifer room and the uh, good people here at country covered chris baylor and bobby ham have have uh, offered me the conference room. We expect to see the congressman, uh, and you ex- you'll you be hearing from the congressman in about 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Uh, he's wrapping up his comments to an absolutely packed Eli Slifer room where he's ta- giving them a report uh, from Washington, D.C., and no one better than Dan Muser, our congressman from the 9th District. By the way, Mark and Ben, the 9th District includes eastern Northumberland County, think the coal region, and all of Montour County. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. And you are there with Art Thomas, chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, president of MECTEC and Diversified Construction. Everybody is invited to their anniversary next month, so I am going to give uh, Art one minute to talk about that uh, before we uh, sign off from the country cupboard today. All right, Bob, will you... Please. Yeah, let me just... Uh, I, I, should, uh, uh, I should make sure you're... It's crystal clear... Uh, on my end, you just have me right now. Uh, Art and Malcolm Dirk will escort uh, the congressman up here. As I say, in about 15 minutes, uh, we'll be hearing from them. Uh, you know, Art, uh, uh, we all know and love Art Thomas, and there's a big crowd down there, and he's not going to leave that crowd until they pry him away and, and escort the congressman up here. So we will take a minute and hear all about uh, their big celebration coming up on September 21st, the uh, first day of fall at the uh, Eclipse Brewing in Sunbury. Exciting times for uh, diversified construction and mech tech engineers. Yeah, I put it on my calendar as an all-day affair, so that puts it from <laughs> midnight to midnight, so I definitely am going to, uh, going to be there. Um, okay, well, so, as, uh, as Ben rightly will tell you that if you're going to drink all day, you have to start in the morning, so you go ahead and make it an all-day affair. <laughs> ben, what do you know about drinking all day? Nothing anymore, right? No. Okay, yeah, you're out of that. Okay. Well, let's talk about this. You actually, in your preview material that you sent to us, as you kind of prime the pump for our conversation today, you very accurately predicted about 900,000 jobs added. Uh, give us your reaction to the fact that 943,000 jobs added and the jobless rate down to 5.4%, down a half a point. Yeah, so thanks. Uh, uh, I, I wish I could uh, uh, stand here on the gold uh, 
on the high pedestal and receive the gold medal from you for accurately predicting, but it's not me, Mark. Uh, and I want your listeners to know this. The chamber depends heavily on five different uh, economists. Um, uh, one of them we hear from every year, Anibar Basu, and then we pull from five other economists. So, you know, uh, the Greater Suffolk Valley is not a bubble. Uh, we, uh, our economy is directly affected by the worldwide economy, the regional economy, the statewide economy, et cetera. And we, uh, we listen very, very carefully and uh, to the advice of experts. In this case, those experts, their consensus was uh, 900,000 jobs. By the way, uh, uh, Art and, uh, uh, and Ben, the um, uh, 900,000 was the low number that they gave me. So uh, uh, up to five, they were between 900,000 and a million. And uh, three of the five were predicting about 950,000. How's that? Uh, for they, they have their ear to the fall, uh, ear to the ground, as it were, uh, this month. And, um, uh, but anyhow, the, uh, they got it right. Um, and, uh, you know, this economy is, we're, we're building. Uh, frankly, I would love to see the number closer to record 1.5 million or something like that. We are still in the midst of a deep, deep, deep labor shortage, so deep that it's affecting our economy. You know, uh, typically I would be the first one to jump up and, you know, grab my pom-poms. How's that for a sight? Grab my pom-poms and uh, talk about, hey, this is great. We're getting back to full employment. Uh, what we used to call full employment was 5%. So we're getting much closer to that. Keep in mind, a year ago this month, we were at 13% unemployment, 54 that's a great thing, and I don't want to be a pessimist. I don't want to be anyone accuse me, God forbid, of my glass is always half uh, empty, not half full. But the fact that it dropped by a half a percentage point, now this is nationwide, this a drop by a half a percentage point, it all, there's two sides to that. The other side of it is we were hoping that with the end of the, of the uh, stimulus going to folks that are receiving unemployment, that a lot of those folks be coming back into the labor force. Um, you know, uh, this is <laughs> fifth grade math we're talking about here. The more people who are in the labor force and looking for jobs, the higher the unemployment rate is going to be. And then that will eventually uh, settle out and come down. Uh, so there's two sides to that 5.4%. One side is that's great. We're getting really close to full employment. The other side of it is we don't have enough people in the labor force. We need everyone who can be in the labor force to jump in uh, because the very basic ingredient of prosperity is people. And we need people to get into the labor force uh, and to uh, uh, you know, start looking for jobs, taking those jobs, be part of the, uh, be part of this, uh, the, the boom, the roaring 2020s, the better normal, whatever term you want to use, but we need people to make that happen, uh, Mark and Ben. Well, Bob, is it building back better? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> no, that's, and of course, that's the White House's sort of, slogan. But you sort of keep me up there, so I'm going to I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take your cue. Uh, at the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber, um, we uh, we are taking this notion of new normal. There's the world changed. Over the last 18 months after the pandemic, the world has changed. There is no question. There's no need for the debate. 
this is a different world in 2021 than it was in 20 at the end of 2019. What we're trying to invent here in the greater Susquehanna Valley, and if we can be the shining light on the top of the hill, so be it. But what we're trying to invent is better normal. Uh, so uh, what we're looking for, Ben, is, is uh, how can we make sure that in the greater Susquehanna Valley, our supply chains are wide open and flowing? How can we make sure that, that we're keeping inflation in check? And how can we make sure that we have a qualified cadre of workers standing by ready to take those to claim those careers, those good family-sustaining careers that exist right here in the greater Susquehanna Valley. That, then, is better normal. Well, I would throw this out, uh, new normal, you want to say, I'm going to say there is no normal anymore. It is Mm -hmm. what it is, and you have Mm -hmm. to uh, be proactive enough. And, uh, you know, I go back to it all the time. Why we have skills gaps why why we have these problems when people have been working on them for 40 years uh, mm-hmm. you know th- th- these are like the old pen dot projects that started in 1962 and they're finally breaking ground now but uh, yeah. g- going back to these numbers but, I think it's very interesting on the unemployment number dropping a half a percent and that's nationally and uh, Mark and I were just talking here quickly is that is that part of the states that turned back the federal grant money or the uh, whatever term you want to use the covid unemployment money and got their people back to work and if that is then next month we'll see a big income well probably be october because in september labor day unless the government steps in again these monies dry up and now with the 9.8 million jobs that are out there and the 7.2 million people who could go into those jobs, not perfect for everybody, but there's an imbalance of what's out there, supply and demand as far as labor force. And you mentioned, you used the word deep, what, four times to say there's a labor shortage? There's very much a labor and a supply of products uh, and services shortage, meaning that the supply chain. And, Bob, unfortunately, uh, there's a uh, big dog over there in the Pacific uh, uh, Ocean called China that, uh, unfortunately, people got wrapped up in them a little too much, and uh, here's what we have with our uh, supply chain. Yeah. You know, uh, Mark, whenever Ben speaks, you're always well advised to lean in and listen carefully. (laughs) Let me try to unpack a little bit about uh, what he just said uh, for your listeners. you know, Ben used the uh, uh, the analogy of PennDOT and a project in 1962. Well, Ben, it was actually 1969, and what he's talking about is the Sealand Grove bypass. Um, and we won't see a groundbreaking until next spring for the southern section of the throughway. That is exactly, folks. If you need an example of what supply chain looks like, just jump on Route 15 and drive to the top of Winfield Mountain and have a look. That's it. What that uh, what the throughway is going to do for us is, um, is, is going to give us a lifeline, a direct artery uh, from the interstate highway system that Snyder County does not currently uh, have. Sunbury does not currently have. Remember, there's going to be a Sunbury connector. There's basically going to be an interstate highway into Market Street in Sunbury. Um, and that can only help us out. That can only help our supply chain. The other thing that uh, Ben uh, talked about uh, was the uh, this with China and you know what did we hear all along is that 
uh, let a sleeping dog lie. You know, you kick that uh, that net. And, you know, we all remember, like it was yesterday, Tiananmen Square, and when that student stood in front of that tank, we knew the world changed that day. We knew that a billion people came alive and uh, communism was dead. And China was going to introduce a uh, more of a capitalist and less of a communist economic system. And since that day, we've had a very different world. And, uh, you know, China is um, now it's a little hard to trust their numbers, um, but they are in a monster surge of COVID right now uh, in China. And, uh, uh, you know, when they come back alive, they come out of this pandemic and we will come out of this pandemic. We're going to all do the right thing. And, uh, you know, wear a mask if we're told to wear a mask, get a vaccine if we're told to get a vaccine. What will happen uh, when we come out of this? Look out because this, uh, the, our economy is going to fizzle. And a lot of jobs that move from North America, and I like to see North America because, you know, Canada's in this with us. A lot of those jobs that move to China and are now being reshored. They're coming back. People are realized, companies, factors realize, you don't get a good product out of there. We're bringing this back to North America. We're bringing this back to the greater Susquehanna Valley. And, and look for smart manufacturing to really grow uh, in greater Susquehanna Valley in the coming years. All right, we'll keep an eye out for that. We'll continue this conversation and touching on global trade, but we're going to get some local numbers when we come back. We're glad to say we have Bob Garrett of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce on the line, president and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. He was there at PennDOT in 1969 when someone said, hey, let's do a bypass. (laughs) (laughs) And he is uh, on the line. Later, we'll be joined by Art Thomas, chairman of the chamber, and then at about uh, 8 50 plus or so, 850, 855 or so, Dan Muser, U.S. Congressman of the 9th District from Dallas, Pennsylvania, going to be on board our show. And we'll ask him about the latest jobless numbers, but uh, we can also ask him about uh, the infrastructure bill, the U.S. southern border crisis, and uh, re-spending some COVID rescue dollars. So we'll try to do a lot of business in a short amount of time with Congressman. how How much security force he has with him? <laughs> if, if any, <laughs> I think uh, one of his good assistants is there with a smartphone ready to uh, <laughs> throw it at whomever. What's a, is that like a taser it. from Star Trek? Yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll use it for that. Okay, so we take a quickie break. Uh, we are enjoying our Financial Friday where we're glad to say uh, we're sub-hosted by the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Jobless numbers are out. Uh, 5.9% was last month's jobless rate. Now it's down to 5.4%. 943,000 jobs added. Added, U.S. labor participation rate went down 0.1 percent. Mm. I'm sorry, went up 0.1 percent. So now it's 61.7 percent of the U.S. population is working. Is that number needs to be in the 80 percent range to be really be robust. But as our fellows have talked about here, we get a lot of constrictors uh, keeping a lot of things from happening in our world today. So we'll continue that conversation when we come back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer, he's rolling with the punches no matter what happens. We're going to have U.S. Congressman Dan Muser on the line shortly. Earlier this morning, it started about 7.30 this morning, the Rise and Shine Legislative Breakfast with the Central Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce and Bob Garrett's Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Bob, what's the status there? How are we doing? Oh, i got to push the button. Uh, yeah, there we go. Go uh, ahead, Mark. I want to know about the sticky buns. Bob, how many sticky buns are still left? <laughs> hey, uh, 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 you know, there's some brilliance to doing the show from the country covered. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, I, I wanted to get up here and uh, be on the radio, but uh, um, where he comes up the steps, conference room, the bakery's right at the bottom. I said, hey, guys, I, I need something a little bit healthy uh, to eat. And I looked in the uh, bakery case, and, and I was like, oops, I'm in trouble. And I did a blueberry scone. So if I sound particularly robust and healthy today, um, it's, uh, I thank you to the Baylor and Ham family, the blueberry scone that is power me. Hey, by the way, Ben and uh, Mark, I did hear uh, from the folks downstairs, and the congressman will be up uh, at 9 o'clock. He'll, he'll be on with you right after the 9 o'clock break. Uh, apparently, they, uh, he's on his uh, third or fourth encore. They love him so much down there that they uh, can't uh, they can't get him away from uh, some day that's uh, going on. But he will be up uh, right at the o'clock if that works out for you. We uh, can, but, yeah, uh, Bob, uh, Bob, we can uh, postpone the... Uh, you know, uh, during the pandemic, the chamber was uh, out in the field with our survey of our 700-plus members. And the number three priority that they gave to us um, was um, had to do with how do I interact with my elected officials? There was a lot of concern um, about, uh, you know, it just it felt like uh, those in power during the pandemic were making decisions without getting the input of, uh, of the, you know, the man on the street, the person. Uh, uh, on Main Street, uh, the business owners, and particularly small business owners. And we thank uh, Congressman uh, Muser uh, to be our uh, in-person speaker this morning and coming right here, facing the fire, facing the Q&A from folks and saying, what the heck is going on? And uh, no one better than Dan Muser. I, I, I know Ben knows him well, has a solid, solid small, uh, business background uh, that he brings to uh, his office as well as he was our Secretary of Revenue in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania in the Corbett administration. So he, 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 he knows intimately uh, the issues of public financing uh, and all it takes to run a government. So uh, he's the right guy at the right time in the right place, and we're thrilled to have him here. And he'll be on with uh, you and your listeners in just a few minutes. One of our listeners sends us a note and says, uh, question, are the jobs in the new report actual new jobs or old jobs that are being restarted after government shutdowns? Yeah, uh, excellent, excellent question. Um, 
there are uh, there are there's <clears throat> there's always a, um, a blender effect in the economy. <clears throat> oh, you know the the buggy whip jobs go away. The technology based jobs are created. Um, most of the jobs, if you get into the internals of this report, it looks like overwhelmingly uh, the fastest growing sector is the service sector. Um, the uh, and the service sector of 2021 is very, very different than the service sector of 2019. And let me give you an example. Uh, the uh, the service sector to now now uh, uh, you know the folks in restaurants, folks that are in the hospitality industry. They understand that they have to pay a living wage. The days of, of saying, oh, those jobs at McDonald's, those jobs at Chernobyl's Grove, those are not living wages. Um, uh, they are now because they understand that if they're going to get employees, they have to pay good wages. Frankly, it's why partially why we're seeing uh, some inflation uh, happening. And as I've said many times on this program, uh, ben and Mark is a little bit of inflation is not a bad idea. For far too long, the Greater Susquehanna Valley was known as the place where you came to get cheap labor. Well, enough of that. We want to. We want to. We we don't. We're we're not cheap people, and we ought to be paid uh, for the job that we do. And folks get that. And by the way, Ben, did you win the? Uh, did you rent, win the new Silverado uh, down at Knobles? Remember, they had a uh, you know sign up for a job here and win a, a, a new Silverado. I, 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 did, I did not. I, I did not get the call. However, I do know a gentleman who won 25k in a golf tournament on Wednesday. So, uh, so that might be better than uh, you know applying for a job and getting a Silverado. There you go. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, the, the jobs that are being created. <clears throat> or uh, I, I'm gonna. I don't have this at my fingertips, but based on what I'm looking at at the internals, Mark, to answer to actually get around to answering your question, what I'm seeing here is this is this is backfilling a lot of positions that were eliminated due to the COVID shutdown a year ago. Yeah. So, okay. Bob, Bob, would you uh, refer to these as rejobs then? Rejobbing, yeah. No, you know, uh, Ben, uh, you know, uh, the economy goes up, the economy goes down. And you and I know that uh, there's you, you lay people off, uh, uh, you know, it, it hurts you just as much as it hurts mm-hmm. them to be laid off. But, you know, uh, the economy picks back up, the, you know, winter goes away, whatever the issue is, and you bring them back on. But, Bob, look, um, at, look at the efficiencies, though. Ben, that's why we have unemployment. That's why we have all of these programs yes. in place. Safety nets. The difference, the difference this year was that the, um, the safety net uh, was augmented in such a way that we lost some balance. Mm-hmm. We're regaining our balance, uh, and, uh, and the economy now is... Uh, the, our, the fundamentals are good. They can be better, but the fundamentals of this economy are good. Yeah, but, Bob, let's look at a couple of things, though, when you talk about the fundamentals. Okay, so now we're battling inflation for the wrong reasons because the government is putting more money into the coffers where people don't need. Let's just take this housing eviction cluster, and I won't use any other word with it, (laughs) cluster that goes on. So the government program was to help people subsidize their rents under COVID. So instead of giving the money to to the organizations that were helping, these, this, this money somewhat lost. So you as a landlord 
have a tenant. The tenant then goes to the government organization and says, yes, I'm behind on my rent. The landlord verifies that. The organization cuts a check, and everybody's happy. Landlord gets money, the tenant's happy. So there's a cluster program. So they're throwing money at people basically for their votes, and the inefficiencies of this is starting to come, and that's what's fueling inflation. Also, doing some things that make no sense at all for our national security, cutting down our energy. So now, instead of an energy exporter, we're becoming an importer. So that means we can't work with our allies around the world on energy. We were on the right track under the Trump administration. Just because you mentioned Trump, then people run to the other side of the room. This is ridiculous. That was in the national security interests of the United States. And you see where oil went. Now oil's back down to 70. So it's it's interesting where you see some of these things where you have the you have a disaster, an economic humanitarian disaster down at the border. So the, these things aren't helping our economy. All right, uh, Bob, we're, we have time to take the CBS News break. Do you wish that we do that? Or is the congressman there? And w- Because we can move no, this... The congressman is not in the room yet, so I think that'll be great, uh, Mark. Okay. Thank we'll go, you. We'll go ahead and take that. Okay, will you stand by? We'll put you back on hold. We'll let you ruminate on what uh, Ben just said because uh, these are all things that are important opinions and that are the fodder for this very show. So we'd, we'd love to hear all so of Mark, everybody's do you, responses. Do you think he's on his fourth encore? Uh, you think he's singing? <laughs> he might be singing James Taylor, You Got a Friend. Well, uh, you know, business-wise, this has to be the most important meeting of the year because Congressman Muser is bringing back a report directly from inside the vortex about the tornadic uh, U.S. southern border, uh, the infrastructure bill, the rescue plan dollars that got to be redone, plus the jobless reaction. So we're going to get a great opportunity here. And you got uh, him singing, you got a friend, you got Art Thomas on guitar and uh, Malcolm Dirk on stand-up bass. Uh, that's an encore. Okay. Now you know what uh, Ben's thinking about here. So we're going to continue our conversation. It's Financial Friday. We'll go into the 9 o'clock hour with our information. We will have news updates, too. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. And welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. On the news line with us now, Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. He was, he is live from the Rise and Shine Legislative Breakfast, a joint legislative uh, breakfast mm-hmm. with the two regional chambers around here. Bob, bring us up to date. Uh, how many uh, encores did Congressman Muser get downstairs? So he, I believe, Mark, he's on to his fifth or sixth one. He hasn't entered the room yet, but uh, uh, I know he is moving through the restaurant this direction, and I, I think folks are stopping to uh, uh, wish him well and uh, ask their own pro- personal question on the way. But he'll be here momentarily. In the meantime, uh, let's remind folks uh, what we heard uh, from the national news was 940,000, new jobs created. Uh, during the month of July, unemployment rate dropping a full half percentage to 5.4%. And uh, participation rate up a little. Uh, we would like it to be up a lot, but up a little by 0.1 tenth or one tenth of 1%. Um, 
we can get into some of the local numbers if that works for you, or if you want to recap any of our conversation in Let's the first do half the, hour. Let's do the local numbers. Go right ahead, please. Okay. So uh, exciting, uh, the greater Susquehanna Valley counties, the four counties that we call the greater Susquehanna Valley, uh, that by reminder, they are Montour, Northumberland, Snyder, and Union, um, are continuing to lead the state um, with uh, low unemployment rates, all of them below the state average, uh, which is uh, 6.9%, slightly higher than the national average. Uh, but Montour County, lowest unemployment rate uh, in the state, tied with Chester County. Uh, Chester County's down there in the southeast uh, uh, boom area, uh, where I happen to have grown up. Uh, but down in uh, Chester County, Montour County is at 4.1%. Uh, and by the way, the congressman is joining us now. Uh, and I'm just announcing, Congressman Muser, that Montour County, one of your counties, uh, is the lowest unemployment rate um, in, the, uh, in the nation, as well as, uh, if you remember last month, I did a quick uh, uh, scan of the, of the entire nation, and um, 36,000 counties in, uh, uh, in the United States, including Alaska and Hawaii, I think in Hawaii they have boroughs, Congressman. They don't have counties. And, of course, we know in Louisiana they have parishes. Um, but uh, equivalent, uh, Montour County at that time was 133rd out of 36,000 uh, municipalities. But let me just finish this, and then we'll turn it over to the Congressman quick, because I know he has a, a very busy schedule. Uh, Union Snyder County, also in the lowest 10 uh, counties of the state, Union at 4.5 percent. Snyder at 4.8%, and Northumberland at 6.6%, all of those uh, at uh, below the uh, state average of 6.9%, um, most of our local counties below the national average. So we're trending ahead of the curve. The um, I'm going to turn it over now, uh, give it back to you, Ben, and, uh, and uh, Mark. Um, I think you know Mark Lawrence, and of course we all know and love Ben Reichley. Uh, those are there are our hosts on the other side, Congressman User, and I'll let them uh, say hello to you. Well, good morning, Congressman. Hey, Mark. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Greetings. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, while you were speaking, the latest jobless numbers came out. Joblessness went from 5.9% down a half point to 5.4%. 943,000 jobs were added. Labor participation rate went up 0.1% to 61.7%. So now you know the latest numbers that go with the real situation that's happening in the jobless area. Just let's get your description of what's happening with this uh, critical labor shortage at many, many businesses, and the jobless numbers, and the constrictor that this job, this worker shortage does on our economy. Well, that is an encouraging report. I think the estimates were 750,000, and so that's a uh, positive development. As you just stated, the number of jobs that are available, the workforce availability uh, is over 9 million jobs that were uh, uh, left unfulfilled. So it was a bit of a problem in some states far more than others. Um, uh, Bob was just mentioning how uh, here in central Pennsylvania, Montour County, Snyder County, uh, the unemployment rate was better than the uh, state average. And I, I think there are real reasons for that. And, uh, uh, and those are certainly very important signs. Now, what we do need to recognize is that we, in many ways, with the type of 
funding allocations taking place, particularly the uh, unemployment supplements and all that we, Pennsylvania as a whole, is still at 6.9%. So that is not anywhere near where we want to be. And frankly, uh, Ben and Mark, I, I think Pennsylvania's got to get a lot more serious about being in the top 10 and follow models of states that are uh, doing far better than us because when a state's doing far better, people do better. Wages are better. Career opportunities are better. More companies move in. Revenues go up. Quality of life improves. Um, you know, I, I've been saying it for a while. Pennsylvania can be the next Texas uh, with the right uh, leadership in our uh, governor's office and with a, uh, a partnership with, with, with the legislators. All right. Well, let's talk about the big issues in Washington that r certainly relate to uh, the economy. Uh, the big infrastructure bill. What's your view on the negotiated version of this, and and what's in it, and what shouldn't be in it? Give us your reaction to that. Well, it, it's becoming a little controversial. Uh, you probably have heard some Republicans say uh, they didn't like it. Uh, you hear uh, many Democrats say they like it, but it needs to be tied to the $3.5 trillion uh, spend that, that, that to me is um, enormous and massive and uh, in the end problematic. I am, I am not at all for the 3.5 reconciliation being tied uh, to a, let's call it traditional, uh, transportation infrastructure revitalization effort. You know, the $1.2 trillion uh, bipartisan negotiated compromise is, a, um, uh, is repurposing of about $500 billion. It's about $550 billion of, of new money, and it's targeted in a manner that is essential to our development as a, as a commonwealth, uh, as a state, and as a country. Uh, in it is um, uh, roads, highways, passenger rail, uh, rural broadband, which is uh, incredibly important, airports, uh, uh, ports in general, um, uh, passenger rail. So, yeah, this is something that we as Republicans were for during uh, the Trump administration. Um, now, granted, uh, we as a nation... As taxpayers just uh, spent $3.7 trillion last year and another $1.9 trillion um, under the, the Biden rescue plan. So, you know, the level of debt that, that's being created is very, very concerning. Uh, however, a, uh, a, a transportation infrastructure plan designed like this is, is necessary um, because what, would, what we should, should we do? Wait? Uh, wait a, a year, wait two years, wait three years. Meanwhile, our, our roads, are, our highways are traffic-filled. Um, they're, they're not uh, anywhere near as modern as they need to be. And um, it's, uh, uh, th th there's quality of life issues, certainly in Pennsylvania. Uh, and we, um, uh, it's a it's, it's, um, long time coming. So I am favorable to the $1.2 However, it cannot be a Trojan horse for the added uh, 3.5 uh, because the level of inflation uh, is, is uh, really, really a huge drag on people's incomes as well as the economy as a whole. And it seems like it's perhaps getting worse. 
Um, I, I, I do hope it gets better. With this jobs report, that does show that perhaps inflation will get better. Because right now we have too much money chasing too few goods. If we have more people making products, uh, increasing supply to meet that demand in the U.S., by the way, not buying things over Amazon, that most of it comes from, uh, from China, um, and so that largely helps small business suppliers and, 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 and retailers, um, that's the direction you know, we, we need to go. Well, Congressman, if we could sort of build on that point you just mentioned uh, real quick, it looks like the Texas unemployment numbers are lower than Pennsylvania, so I would agree that uh, Pennsylvania could be the Northeast Texas in many positive ways, uh, including the attitude of get things done. But re- real quick on the, on the China issue, uh, you look at what has come out in the last couple of years, and maybe the mainstream media is finally realizing it, put the virus aside, but what China has been doing, you know, people jokingly reference eating our lunch. No, no, they're 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 paying. We are paying for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But the security issues, the business issues, and now American companies being called out on hold. It. You are subsidizing the communist Chinese, but China just seems to be a huge hurdle that has to be addressed on a number of issues. On the business side, you just talked logistics. Can can you can you give us some insight related to China and, and our our trade policies and our competitive? Work? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, China is a uh, predator. Uh, China is on the move. China is engaged in uh, it's an authoritarian government, and we really should just refer to it as the CCP, the, the, Com- the China Communist Party. Um, and they are very, very aggressive uh, in many ways, very aggressive uh, economically, militarily, uh, and from uh, trade routes and, and gathering of resources. Uh, their Belt and Road initiatives mm-hmm. in Africa. Um, I'm on the Foreign Affairs Committee. We pay close attention to that. Are are uh, they leverage um, um, loans uh, with high interest rates? And the moment those loans uh, don't get don't get paid, uh, they they foreclose on dams, on highways, on airports. So they're very predatory and. They're looking out for their own interests, you might say, but their in, in, interests are very much conflicting uh, with the interests of many nations, not just the United States. Yes. I mean, the things that deal with South China Sea are, are troublesome. Uh, President Biden apparently, uh, well, he's sending uh, Vice President Harris over there to uh, straighten everything out. Now, I don't mean to be sarcastic. But good but, luck. <laughs> All right, let me ask you quickly. There's an idea that regulating, breaking up big tech might be part of this solution, that that would help. What's your view on this this idea of House bills that call for breaking up the monopolies that are the Amazon and the Googles and the Facebooks of the world? Well, look, if they they fail to pass the antitrust uh, uh, legal standards, I think that's something uh, they should be concerned with. And we should be concerned with as well, having a monopoly on the level of information and messaging that takes place 
when it's not a fair venue. I mean, we, we, we know it's not. Uh, we know that they pick and choose and censor uh, information and people. Um, so the, uh, the, the, uh, the Title 230, uh, which needs to be reviewed uh, and, and overturned, uh, is, is appropriate at this point because it is, it is not a, a fair platform. And I say that objectively. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty clear uh, that there's a agenda uh, and bias. So, so it, it need, certainly needs to be uh, looked at uh, so as it doesn't create the traditional type of monopoly on information. I mean, it's the same type of monopoly that would exist on any any uh, asset, uh, such as oil. So we wouldn't permit it there. Uh, we, we, we shouldn't permit it uh, in, in this regard either. What about reduction of subsidies for corporations, oil companies, maybe even farmers, whoever it would have to be, really cut down on corporate welfare, the idea of using the, the U.S. budget to subsidize what should be just the free marketplace? Yeah. Well, look, I'm I'm not for any uh, corporate welfare. Um, the um, you know China certainly is. I mean, that's one of the reasons that that people give up their freedoms there, and they have a very authoritarian government. And and what they do is they they, they target our weaknesses uh, relatively effectively. We need to be aware of that. Uh, but what our um, what we um, our focus. Uh, need needs to be is on the um, I'm, I'm sorry where was that what was the primary question there okay well we're out oh. of time but uh, we're well Ben has a very very important yeah, question. this is the toughest question you get today somebody broadcasting 109 the valley Saturday afternoons will be broadcasting Bucknell football can you give us a uh, preseason analysis Insider of Bucknell football view. Well, I'll tell you what. I think the Bisons are going to have a, a great year. Uh, they did very well in the spring. Uh, their schedule is not an easy one. They got Villanova. They got Penn. They got Cornell. Uh, they've got Army at West Point. But uh, we got a home opener against Penn on September 18th. Uh, we're at uh, Villanova on September 11th. Uh, which is, is going to be interesting because Villanova's tough. But I Playing think Penn Bison State this tougher. year. I, I think Penn's going to come up here and they're going to have a long ride home. Well, good. And, and, and homecoming day, I think the uh, my Big Red, my alma mater, they're going to have a long ride home too. Well, good. Ben, what's the question uh, what's, is, what's the, the we see a familiar name out on the field for the Bison? Exactly. Is that what you were really asking? Exactly. What's the backfield look like for uh, the Bucknell Bison offense? Well, they're, look, they're looking pretty strong. They're looking bigger and stronger and faster than last year. And um, uh, as, as you're alluding to, I know that firsthand. My my son uh, is uh, a uh, player on the on the Bisons, and he's put on a good good ten, maybe twelve pounds this summer. You had to pay and, for it. And he's uh, <laughs> he, 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 he he's ready to charge. 
Well, good, good. Well, Congressman, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, I hope down in Washington at some point you guys can get back to regular order on the budget process. But uh, I, you know, you're 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 certainly uh, it's good to good to hear you, and that's a heck of an event the chamber did up there this morning, and uh, very appreciative of you uh, being able to uh, take time and attend. Yeah, I got to tell you, one of the reasons those unemployment numbers are low here is because of how outstanding the chamber is and the, the type of participation and leadership. So it just makes such a difference when people lean in uh, for their community. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate the time. you got an open mic here anytime. Oh, really quickly, uh, we, we penciled you in on the list of gubernatorial consideration, thinking about it. Maybe you just never know. Where are you? Should we keep you on that list? Well, I am honestly keeping my options open. It's an honor to serve in the U.S. House. Uh, I'm reviewing the, uh, the, the landscape here. And, you know, what I care most about is Pennsylvania. I love Pennsylvania. We want Pennsylvania truly, I say, to be the next Texas. But that's only, that's only at first. And then, and then to uh, set a new standard. And I believe we can do it. And I think the governor's office plays a big role in that. So uh, we shall see. All right, keep I in touch. You betcha. Thank you so much. Keep in touch. Thanks for coming to the chamber today. Very much appreciated. If you can hand the phone back to Bob, we'll uh, get some additional remarks from him uh, from the chamber. Bob, are you there? Yeah, and I, I just want to say, because I know the congressman's going to have to slip out the door here in a minute. I want him to hear me say this. We appreciate what he says about us, but I also want to say that, you know, folks, Dan Muser gets it. Congressman Dan Muser gets it. The basics what the what every chamber of commerce tries to say to their elected officials is you can't be for jobs and against business and and in the middle of his middle congressman muser because of his business background because of his public uh, experience with, as our secretary of revenue he gets it that that you have to support business because business is who creates uh, the jobs it's wonderful to put all those public dollars out there and prop things up when they need to be propped up. But now it's time to get organic uh, with our economic growth. Now it's time to go back and get balance back uh, to our uh, federal, state, and local governments. And that, that balance means that things like the infrastructure bill have to be paid for. Uh, the problem with the infrastructure bill that's in Congress right now is it's not paid for. Traditionally, infrastructure bills were paid for by users. We've got to figure out how users can pay for this bill. We need it. We need infrastructure. Nobody, nobody thinks we don't need it, particularly in rural central Pennsylvania where we're building a throughway and we desperately need broadband. But it's, uh, it's people like Congressman Muser who understand that. And by the way, folks, he's here. He's right here. He's sitting right beside me. He was here all morning. He'll be uh, in the district all day long. Just give him a call. Call his office. Uh, talk to him directly. If you don't understand a vote, call him. He's the most reasonable guy I ever met. Well, good, Bob. Because remember, Bob, uh, infrastructure does also go underground. It does include water and sewer. Well, we'll have to have Monday. That was an unpaid for announcement or advertisement for LB Water. Hey, by the <laughs> way, Mark. Art Thomas is here. Yesterday was his birthday. If Ben has his pitch pipe, we could sing. But you probably want to talk to him about that big event that you have as all day on September 21st. All right, you guys stand by. I'm going to put you on hold. We're coming right back to the Rise and Shine event at the Country Cupboard. Hold on, men. Stand by. We'll be right back.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is going to be our telephone number as soon as we wrap up business with the Rise and Shine joint legislative update from the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Having a big party. They're celebrating the birthday party for Art Thomas. Are you there, Art? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, absolutely. So happy birthday to you personally, and happy birthday to Diversified Construction and Mech Mech Tech. Invite folks to the big event next month. Well, Mark, I really appreciate this opportunity. I wasn't expecting it. First off, if we're going to be publicizing the birthday, it was yesterday. So I'm uh, 39 years old again as of yesterday. And uh, more importantly, uh, Mech Tech Incorporated, engineers and surveyors, uh, we're celebrating 50 years in business this year, and our sister company, Diversify Construction, is celebrating 20 years in business. So we've been taking all year long to try and do a couple of little extra things to make sure the community is aware of what we're doing and what we can do. And we're going to kind of wind things down here at, for the end of the year. On September 21st, we're going to have a dual anniversary celebration at Eclipse Craft Brewing Company. On on the park, on Cameron Park, on Market Street in Sunbury. It's going to be from 4.30 to 7 p.m. Rumor has it it was being sold as an all-day event, but it's only going to be from 4.30 to 7 p.m. And we're going to give away a Yeti hard cooler. And I understand from my millennial employees that uh, that's a really big deal. Uh, So we're going to give away a Yeti cooler that (laughs) night. We've got lots of door prizes. And we want everybody to come out, our clients, our customers, our vendors. Uh, and share uh, thoughts about what we did the past 50 years and what we can look forward to doing in the future. That's great. Will Bob Garrett be dressed up as a Yeti when you give away that cooler? Well, i got to find out what a Yeti is, but if we find it out, maybe we'll find one for him. Well, yeah. Oh, gosh, you're so unhip. This is ridiculous. Basically, it's <laughs> a Bigfoot, but that's okay. We can we can dress Bob up and give that away. But, uh, no, congratulations. And, uh, and, and, and Art, uh, you and I have talked privately in this, but what uh, Diversify Construction is doing is great, being able to go into people's residence or businesses, but mostly residence, and, and, and repurpose the facility for living at an older age. I mean, you only being 39, you won't need them for another 20, 30 years. But for us that are getting older, you can go in and people can actually, you know, efficiently live in, in their houses. And, uh, and, I, and that's, a, that's a great business and a growing business and a very apt business for this area. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, if we can keep people in their homes for five years, uh, longer versus the cost of skilled nursing, and I know that's another industry out there, but uh, 
Uh, the skilled nursing industry is very expensive, and if people can adapt their homes to stay home where they want to be for a few more years, that really helps people. Yeah, but out. you get you get the uh, home care. The skilled nursing can come to your home, but you make the homes yep. efficient for them to stay in there, and that that is a uh, that is a big deal. And uh, and uh, a business that uh, is going to grow, but uh, and make make people very very happy and secure being in their own homes. Well, safe with the quality of life. Exactly. That, that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can do a lot of renovations, but this uh, really it's quality of life that really you end up with. So, uh, thank you so much, Art. Thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for the, your businesses are doing. We appreciate you checking in. We'll see you on the 21st, if not sooner. And uh, thank Bob for checking in today from the Chamber of Commerce event at the Country Cupboard. Thank you both so much for all you're doing. All right. Thanks, guys. Do, do appreciate that. Art Thomas, president of MechTech and Diversified Construction, their anniversary, as you heard, what, 4.30 to 9? 4.30 to 7. 7, but, okay. Uh, we well, might as well show up, and believe me. September 21st at Eclipse, I, I which is down on Market Street. I've got two tickets in for you so you can win that Yeti cooler. Oh, good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I need another cooler. I need a big one. Uh, Rob, Bob Garrett of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, president and CEO, was on the line as well. And you, of course, U.S. Congressman Dan Muser earlier this morning. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back with open phones. All right. Yeah. U.S. Congressman Dan Muser. Um, where do you put him on the list of people that will run for governor? We know uh, Congressman Bart. Yeah. Lou Barletta is already mm. in it, so he's already running, and we know uh, Shapiro's probably going to be the Democratic mm. anointee. Yeah. Shapiro will be. The, I, they, they'll have a primary only by name only on the mm-hmm. Democratic side. Uh, I, I think, you know, Dan's keeping his options open, but I would put him on the, down the list a bit, mm-hmm. down the list a bit. But the, the Republicans have to get coordinated. Uh, they seem to be all over the place at times, uh, pretty strong, very strong congressional delegation down in uh, Washington. Uh, we look at the House and the Senate here why there is not somebody who really head and shoulders as a Republican wants to uh, stand out. I mean, you know, people talked in the past about Pat Toomey, uh, you know, uh, things, uh, things that just seem don't look, I'd say, look as positive as they should for uh, the governor's residence in uh, Harrisburg right now for the Republicans. It's an uphill battle. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We now have open phone, so we'll have 20 minutes of open phone. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, so do as I've done. Go to sunburymotors.com. You can email us your remark at onthemark at wkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword uh, OTM. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It is a family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And they invite you to do what I have also done. Go to the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. Sometimes I just take my vehicles there once a year to get pumped up with nitrogen. <laughs> uh, the vehicle, that is, the four tires. But I've gotten yeah, four tires. Yeah, hold it. You're, when they put the nitrogen in the bottle and you're over in the corner getting pumped up, does that <laughs> it's extra the same cost? Thing. Same thing. I go over to the YMCA and get pumped up. You do. Uh, you they do. specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections, nitrogen, as we mentioned. they got an alignment shop, a body shop, a car wash. 
wash, parts department, you name it, they got it all. Plus the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. Uh, very convenient hours to either drop off your vehicle or wait with it Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. They got online specials. You can do exactly what I did do, build a Ford, order it up, and build a Kia Telluride, ordered it up, and build a Hyundai, and ordered it up, and those will be here in the months ahead as soon as China frees or Taiwan frees up the chips, and then they'll send it mm. over. But we just uh, invite you to do what I've done. Go to Sunbury Motors, full-service car dealership, our sponsor of the On the Mark uh, program. So we, uh, pr we very much appreciate uh, that. We are enjoying open phones, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Uh, reaction to Congressman Muser's remarks really talked about we've got to better use the existing COVID-19 rescue plan dollars, yes. supporting the infrastructure bill at its trillion-dollar levels for our great-great-grandchildren to uh, pay back well, for us. Part, part of it, I asked him briefly, we didn't elaborate on it, but it, the, the, the House, Congress, the Senate and the House need to get back to regular order and get the budget process out in the open for the priorities of the groups instead of the continuing resolutions. Yeah, this is this is ridiculous. Uh, we'd use another term, but ridiculous will will keep us on the air. There's a lot of the other term going. Yeah, on. but uh, and they also too infrastructure. You want to talk about infrastructure? You need a three to five year plan that states can understand what federal monies are coming in for infrastructure, and the states then can plan out what they need. Now. Mark, you come. I, I'm in Washington. You come to me and you say, "Hey, listen, I, I, here's the infrastructure projects are our priorities." I turn back and say, well, "Okay, Mark, here's what we're prioritizing. We're pr prioritizing clean water. We're prioritizing sanitary sewer systems. We're prioritizing uh, municipalities being able to get asset management programs so they can understand where their assets are in their infrastructure." Uh, year two, roads and bridges. Year three, stormwater, environmentals. You know, then you understand what monies are coming to you as a governor, and then you can disperse them around your state. So getting back to regular order creates a, a very positive. Getting infrastructure funding that means something, like the old ice tea program, that then states can plan for three to five years. You don't have being held hostage every year in a continuing resolution. The other part about China, folks, China they are bad folks. The CCP and the control of their people, it's bad. Wuhan virus is, is just the tip of the iceberg with them. What they're looking at in Taiwan, what they're looking at, as uh, Congressman Muser talked about, the extortion they do in the Belt and Road Program, uh, where they give loans, particularly in, uh, in Latin America, South America, but particularly in Africa, and then come in when they can't pay. It's, 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 it's basically organized crime practices. What, about, what is the Chinese endgame? Do they want to dominate the world? Exactly. All right, 1-800-799. Yeah, exactly. And what they're doing then with even in Afghanistan with the rare earth minerals that control our chips, we're talking about chips for vehicles, chips for computer so we're getting, systems. So we're getting strangled. No, China, they bad folk, bad folk. Cindy, we are enjoying an open phones Friday, talking about a wide range of topics. We had the congressman on the phone earlier, possible gubernatorial candidate. What would you like to talk about today? I would like to talk about the eviction. Oh. My grandmother, and I look at this from personal experience, my great-grandmother owned six 
little townhouses in a little town outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And she rented them. Cindy, can you tell us what town that is? Brackenridge. No, okay, good. Brackenridge, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great area. Suburbs of Pittsburgh are great. Anyway, so she, this was her money to live on as an elderly woman. I mean, when I knew her, and she had these, she was in her 80s, right? My grandfather did the preventative maintenance and took care of the things that needed to be done. And in that rent was included the heat for the townhouses that the people rented from my great-grandmother. So I look at this situation where now people have not paid those landlords, just simple folk. I'm not talking about giant companies that own huge buildings. I'm talking about just the simple everyday people in this country who tried to secure their retirement by buying a few properties that they rent, and now they're not getting revenue from that. I find that alarming. Well, What's become with, of those people? Yeah, with a government edict to, to give it permission and to support it and subsidize it, it, it's totally wrong. It is a huge issue, and I, I you know, I th- certainly know some people may be affected by the pandemic. They can't afford their rent. Okay, that's fine. But we got to go through some kind of an adjustment where people can't afford their rent and are jobless get into housing that they can afford. This is a, you know, we talked about constrictors on our economy, the worker shortage. How much revenue is being lost for property owners out there if if you bar evictions? Well, the Cindy- well, this those landlords still have to pay school property taxes. Yes. They still have to pay the local property taxes. And, you know, I think about this in terms of we we were looking at our retirement, and there was a house close to our house that came up for sale. And I actually discussed with my husband that we could buy this house that was for sale, and we could rent it. And this would be a way to supplement our retirement income. I thank God every day we didn't do that. Because I would have counted on that rental dollars to pay the mortgage on buying the house. Yeah, but, but, Cindy, the, the government programs were set up under the pandemic. The way I understand is the government programs were to subsidize rent for people. Now, the way it was supposed to work is somebody is out of work. They cannot pay their rent. So they go to the government agency. The government agency then says, okay, your landlord is Mark Lawrence. They go to Mark Lawrence. Mark Lawrence verifies that they owe X amount of dollars. They owe $6,200. Then this organization takes the funds from the federal government and pays Mark Lawrence $6,200 in that program. I mean, can you even imagine a federal government program wouldn't be efficient? I mean, geez, who thought, no. who thought oh, no. that was going to work? Sure so this, this was supposed to work, and these are the funds that were supposed to be used to help. Now... It's exactly right. How do you cut off the landlords? What they were they were they had to pay their bills, like you said. But this is the class. Let's see. How would we want to put it? Divisions that the Democrats particularly try to do. So if you're but a landlord, you're bad. My great grandmother was in no way wealthy. In no Understand. way was she wealthy, except I suppose by comparison to people that own no property, that she owned these little townhouses mm-hmm. made her seem wealthy. But I can tell you as a child that my grand, great-grandparents, nor my grandparents, were 
by any means wealthy people. No, but they were building wealth, and they were doing it the way they could. The, the other part about this, folks, is look at this. This is this is a microcosm of another uh, Democratic wish list, and that's moving capital gains from 20% up to ordinary income right around 40%. That's the other part that will then stop investment. But, but sh- shame on the government for not having programs that's supposed to help the people that need help, and it would also help the landlords. This is a travesty, and, and this is why the federal government, people have no faith in them getting things done. Well, when I looked into this program, I, uh, not that I need it, I was trying to understand it given, you know, my family's history. I thought, well, what is the issue here? Because in the paper the other day, they reported a very low participation rate by the people that rent, by the uh, renters. Very low participation rate. And on top of that, a very low disbursement of dollars. The, the states were doing a terrible job of giving this money into the hands of the renters and or paying the landlords, right? Yeah. Well, one of the issues was that they said that your rent couldn't be more than $750 a month. Well, I, and I'm asking myself, why would I be subsidizing someone at $2,000 a month? Why? Why, why isn't that person out working and paying their rent by themselves? I mean, this is kind of like how the flood insurance puts the mansions on the beach back when there's a hurricane. Why are we paying for that? Well, also, you know? also too, remember, th- there's unemployment benefits that are extremely generous. So why can't these people afford their rent and also they can get it subsidized at a percentage of so this is the travesty of federal government this is why things don't work people uh, get frustrated got another caller waiting cindy they're going to have to make these landlords whole they've basically stolen their income for the last year Yep. Stolen well, it, the government, like taking your land without paying you back. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank really you. appreciate the call. It is a big dilemma in the U.S. Harry, stand by. Now you got to wait through the break, but hold on, please. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark 1 800. Little Rolling Stones bumper okay, music. Yes, that's you realize Thank that? you. Charlie Watts enough. will not be playing with them when they open up in. All right. Harry, you're on the Mark. Thanks Lewis. for calling in. Uh, no, no, yeah. Uh, your comment about the, the three year plan or, you know, a three or five year plan, that's, that's wonderful. And it is what government should be doing. But I look at uh, I look at what happens just in our state alone. When they put the fuel tax, uh, took the cap off the fuel tax, that money was supposed to go to fixing roads and bridges. And now we find out that there's not enough money to fix the roads and bridges. 
And we find out that one of the reasons for that, probably the biggest reason, is they had to take the money to help the state police because they couldn't make their budget. And what happens is all of these programs, because you put people who have at best are amoral, and most of them couldn't spell moral if you gave them the M, the O, the R, and the A, uh, in charge of our money and taking a program and saying, well, this one was good, but now this is a program that's near and dear to my heart. And until you have a safeguard on our money to keep our elected representatives from stealing that money for whatever they want and not using for what it's for, you could put in a $7 trillion package, and I don't know that you can help our infrastructure. And I, I think it's time that we all just stand up and ask these guys, look, we want an accounting for where all this is and hold them to that three-year plan. But I don't have a, I don't have any idea how we can do that. Well, the, the part about the ICE, the old ICE-T program is that gave states an understanding of what federal monies were to come in, and then they could match that. You also have state, you have revolving loans, you have revolving funds and grants. Uh, it, it's, it's getting back into a regular order process and budgeting. It's prioritizing what infrastructure means, what so- social safety nets mean, and education, so forth, in your state budget. And you can look at the pieces of the pie. But if you have a consistent funding source, now, maybe your funding source might be 10% down because uh, people didn't drive as much as last year. But unless you have some benchmarks that you can go by, it's 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 catch as catch is. You're you're going to fund a road here. You're going to fund a water project here. You're going to increase uh, education here. But 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 the, the budget process is, is they don't stay to those projects. Is what I'm saying. They don't stay to that anyhow. They'll start it, then they take money from that. Well, you know, we've got enough money in this to finish this. Well, now all of a sudden we don't have enough money to finish it, and now you have two and three and four projects that are that are. Well, I can't say the word I'm going to use, but wanted to use, but but they're only halfway done all the way through. And if they do get done, it's haphazardly. Yeah, but if you, if, you, if you have a program... control on how the money is no, If you have a program... people who are in charge of it, it won't matter. No, if you have a program where you know the funding is every... For the next three years, this is what our numbers are going to be. They might fluctuate by 5 6%, but here's our numbers. Then you, then you prioritize your projects, and you go for those projects. Now, you're saying they change them, but once a project started... It's hard to, you, you can't change. You can adjust, you might slow it down for whatever reasons, but at least the project's on the books, underpin that. And the other part of this is it should not but take... But they still t- spend the money, Ben. They still spend the money without no, well, yeah, but the, the people in charge of it. You have, you have a much higher regard for some of the people in charge than I do. I, I just don't think we can trust you for being in charge of the money and, and, and seeing it all through. The dirty little secret is these projects should not cost as much because of the regulations and what the Corps of Engineers and these other organizations do. It should not take 10 years to, to build a road project. It should not take five years to get a sewer project through. We, we are regulated to death, and the bureaucrats love that because it keeps them sitting at their desks. And that's the problem we had. The Trump administration adjust adjusted that. They they addressed the issue, and they got things moving, and that's why projects should take two years, not five years, not ten years. I agree. Right, I agree, but that, my, you know, and it's funny, you you and I are on the, the same, uh, you do more traveling than I do, 
but I've driven through, through probably 18 states in this, 20 states in this country, and the difference in the roads in, in between states is staggering. And, and, and it's funny, too, because you'll see projects in certain areas that, oh, that's done already. And now here we are. We're still dragging along in other states. They're still dragging along with stuff going along with your regulations. But I just think the government has to stop moving money and just putting that money in that and being done. Well, that's Harry, all my point. Oh, 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 also, right. also, too. Thank P- you so much, Harry. Thanks for calling in. P3 programs mean a lot where you have public-private investment because the private investment will push things to, to get done. So you see a lot more P3 programs. In One the of our future. listeners sends us a note. The eviction moratorium has been ruled unconstitutional by the Biden administration as, it, as they double down and extend it. Where's justice for landlords? No, the Supreme, One of our Court, Supreme Court has made a ruling, so now we're going to see what happens. All right, another listener says, uh, as bad as this eviction moratorium is working, it's better than having 50 million people urinating and dedicating on the streets, says Tom. Okay. Well. Um, no, the money was but, there but to know, pay the landlords, and they didn't. The government program failed. Now, why did it fail? So this shouldn't be And the money's problem. just sitting in Harrisburg. Yeah. And that's well, the Harrisburg thing. and Washington. No, it's, it's ridiculous. So. If if people can't afford the unit they're in, shouldn't they downsize, get out of the unit, and let somebody who can afford the rent get in? I certainly understand Mark, that some people can't Mark, pay the rent. There's more than one safety net to take care of this problem. It's government failure. Government failure at the Fed and the state level. So you're off next weekend. You've got a big road project yeah, or a big, meeting or big, uh, something else, yeah, right? Big, big project next Friday. All right. We've got some more uh, emails and texts to get through, so we'll do those on Have Monday morning. Have a good morning. weekend. Get to Lewisburg, 4th of July. July parade. Will do. You're listening to WDK, okay, Sunbury.